Let's start. Welcome to episode three of the Salarian Clan podcast. This week, we'll be taking a deep dive in the Crucible with some of our strongest PvP players. But first, we have Soren with us to go over this week's clan update. Soren, go ahead and take it away. Hey, how's it going? So, two big but relatively quick things uh, for uh, this week. First, uh, our biggest announcement, and, you know, of course, this is a little late, but uh, on April 7th, we merged with another clan on the PlayStation 4. Uh, the clan formerly known as the Iron Exiles uh, is now the Solarian Exiles. They brought 47 members who are mostly uh, PvE players, um, and they are top-tier PvE players. They do day one raids, they do um, you know the nightfalls and the raids every week, um, and they have quite a few very skilled PvP players that have really fit right in with us already. Uh, they were founded during Rise of Iron, hence their name, Iron Exiles. They are based mostly in the UK and on the West Coast in the US. And they are really excited to be part of our community. I'm sure everyone's heard from uh, either Baby Highland or Sean Dawn or any of their other more active members in our Discord already. So they've joined us because they found, as most clans have, recruiting is a bit of a challenge. And we do a lot of work to make sure that we bring in new active members. So our plan for them is once our current expansion clan reaches 50 members in it, going forward, each new PlayStation 4 member that joins Solarian will be recommended an alternating clan between our current expansion clan and the Exiles clan um, until one of them fills up. So that's our, our plan to expand into them. Uh, and we are just absolutely glad to have them. And I'm also, in our next episode, going to be interviewing them, so we'll be able to hear more from them. Excellent. There's some, some great people. Uh, Track, Dupe, and I did uh, a raid with them when we discussed the details of bringing our clans together, and uh, it was a lot of fun. There are some, some really laid back and, and good people that really fit well with our culture. Sweet. Sounds good. And uh, why don't you go ahead and give us this week's tournament as well while we're at it? So, right. Um, on the tournament. For those of you who are in the tournament already, uh, you may have noticed that there has not been a leaderboard video posted for last week or this week. Uh, because instead of putting my tournament time each week into creating the leaderboards, what I've been doing is deploying uh, my tournament custom-written tournament software. Uh, and the reason for that is, as I mentioned in the last podcast, we've gotten so many players in the tournament now that it's much more difficult to fit it into the video format and to keep track of things by hand. So things reached a tipping point for us where I really needed to make a, a hard turn and, and move all of the data into uh, this software that I've been writing. What I'll be doing is starting this week, 
leaderboards will be published on the clan website and then next week they will also be available in the discord through solaria at any point uh a little bit longer term maybe not until next tournament i'd like to get it done sooner but um you know it just depends on on how difficult it ends up being uh the tournament software is intended to import match records directly from bungie uh, when a tournament match finishes. So there'll be no more screen captures once everything's all done and, and none of that'll be necessary. Uh, so the points right now, as uh, I like to say, are in a black hole. I know who the leader is and I know how many points they have, but I'm not sharing for now. I will be doing a major unveil once the tournament software is ready to go. You will see the progression from each week to week, who has what points, you are still earning points. They are everything is still counting. Um, nothing has been lost. It's all actually in the database already, and it's already calculated. Uh, we're just making it to look pretty. So that is where we're at with the tournament now. As I typically do, I will share what the loadout is going to be next week. Next week's loadout will be by popular demand common weapons only Ooh, just whites just white weapons uh no exotic armor no heavy Ooh, so it's gonna so, be kinetic and energy like, yep and there's no restrictions on legendary armor though right so Correct. you can run whatever mods whatever perks you want exactly okay just no exotics and ooh, this is gonna be fun so that will be uh next week and uh, like I said, I'm not going to tell you what the map is, but it will be a larger map. So think about that. Uh, keep that in the back of your mind while you're formulating your strategy and maybe playing around with some common weapons that you probably haven't touched in a long time. Now, for those of you who don't have commons in your vault, remember you can go to your collections and retrieve them relatively inexpensively. Um, and if that's an issue for anyone, uh, just reach out to me in the tournament discussion channel and we can discuss some options there. Um, but those options are going to be don't use a weapon in a slot that you can't buy a, a common weapon for. So, And they are relatively cheap. I think they're 2,500 Glimmer. Right. So yeah, they're the cheapest things to buy from collections. <laughs> if you really need the money, go into a few public events. Um, <laughs> you can knock out the money to buy them in like 20 minutes. Uh, if you haven't collected them yet, though, I don't think that's possible, right? To not collect all the commons. Um, it's possible. It's just very unlikely because generally, when you play through the early match uh, or the early game, pardon, you get you get them dropping regularly. Uh, you will at least have a common weapon for every slot. Will you have one that's in a class that you want? It's possible you won't have that that pulse rifle that you want or that scout rifle that you want or whatever, but. It's unlikely. So I know the game at the very least gives you a sidearm, submachine gun, shotgun, and sniper rifle. Like, you have to pick up those four weapons. Um, and I think you get... No, you get a green rocket launcher as the first heavy you get. Oh, but we're not doing heavy, so it doesn't matter. Exactly. <laughs> right. Well, fine. Do you um, have, I have anything... Oh, I have one more thing, actually, before we go to Pine. It's sort of a Pine thing anyway. So 
for those of you who have not seen or have not heard, we are currently running a survey uh, of the entire membership on what your challenges are with the Crucible and specifically with competitive Crucible. Um, and Pine, I'm sure we'll talk more about this during the podcast, but our goal is to get as many of our community members participating as possible. Whether you like Crucible or don't like it, whether you play or don't play regularly, whether you intend to take advantage of uh, some of what uh, Pine and our, our other PvP leadership team is putting together or not, we'd love to hear your opinions and your feedback uh, on your challenges with the Crucible and what you need to learn and what you'd like to learn. And I especially encourage you on the very last page of the survey, it's all completely optional, but it's free form, you know, short answers. So uh, if you have specific things you want to ask or specific things you want to learn, put them on that page. Um, you know, we've had a good turnout already, but as many, you know, as many people as we can get, as much feedback as we can get, uh, the better it'll make it for us designing services for the community. Um, and I'm sure Pine, as I said, we'll have more to, uh, to talk about later on in the podcast on this. All right. Well, all I wanted to get uh, from Pine was his opinions on only being able to use white weapons in the tournament. Uh, I'm actually really excited for that because um, if none of you have uh, seen yet, I've ch recently changed my name to Stubborn Oak, which is without a doubt my favorite shotgun in the game, which is a white weapon. So I am, I'm actually really excited for that. I'm, I was quite happy that that you came out with that. So what I'll be using is uh, a Lost and Found, and a uh, Stubborn Oak. That's that's going to be my loadout. Now the Lost and Found is a high fire pulse rifle that's white that you get right at the beginning um it can drop it during your uh last light mission or first light i think is what it's called um so yeah so that's that's what i'm gonna be using but there's plenty of other white weapons that to choose from that are actually really good there's a hand cannon as well that i can't remember the name of but it looks like a uh, dire promise that's also very good i believe it's a 140 um nice but yeah, so I mean, you can use that. Um, as far as like energy weapons goes that are white, Stubborn Oak is really your only viable option. Uh, the other ones are just way too inconsistent to use. However, if you want to be a black sheep and use, you know, something that isn't a Stubborn Oak, then by all means go for it. I'm not saying that it's not usable. It's just Stubborn Oak is definitely the easiest to use. Well, maybe during this episode, we'll be able to go into um, during our recommended weapons section maybe we can go yep. into stuff that you'd recommend for the tournament oh yeah yeah without a doubt maybe not just this week even <laughs> well yeah in like general, if, i mean i'll take any pointers i can get so <laughs> yep we're going to be doing a recommended weapons pinnacle and not pinnacle as well as a recommended perks for each of those weapons okay. in today's episode and i figured we could throw in a little information about uh for this tournament in particular yeah sounds good all right, so Soren, thanks for joining us this week. Uh, I expect you have a tournament you have to go get started on. Thank you for inviting me and uh, having me drop by. So since we already brought up uh, different weapons we would use in this common tournament, why don't we just go ahead and start off there? You already talked about what you would be using, which is the um, pulse rifle and shotgun. Anything else you would recommend for people who, say, perhaps don't prefer using a pulse rifle? Or a shotgun? Um, yeah, so... 
So there's thankfully um, Bungie has made quite a few weapons. Like I know a lot of people enjoy uh, auto rifles, and there's a I think it's called the Pariah. I'm not too, don't, like don't quote me on that one. I'm not too sure what it's called, but I'm pretty sure it, it's it's a Pariah. It, yeah, it's the Pariah. And it's... It? Okay, cool. Um, so what you can do is is you can run that, and then there's no fusion rifles that there's no white fusion rifles and there's no white um uh grenade launchers that so like you know how grenade launchers can also be uh, special so you the only options that you have is shotguns and uh snipers so if you don't want to shotgun you kind of are forced to snipe and if you don't want to snipe then you know you, you're gonna have to run two primaries which is that's fine like there's nothing wrong with running two primaries you can run two but um it's definitely gonna benefit you if you um if you run a primary and a secondary so um the strongest thing that you can use is probably going to be the stubborn oak yeah i know that the um that white scout rifle that you get at the beginning of the game was one of my favorites and in fact uh the legendary version that comes with triple tap which is a set rollback from d1 i ran that thing for ages it's a really good scout rifle i don't know how it handles in pvp however but for uh, me personally, it's a beginning scout. Do you know what it's called? Uh, I'd have to check, but I know for me in particular because well, you've seen my playstyle. I'm more of a mid range player. Yes. Uh, that's more what I would be running. Gotcha. Well, so if you don't want to use a a shotgun or a a pulse or hand cannon or anything like that, scout rifles are definitely a good weapon to go and. Um, to like pick up as a as a medium range because like you can't you can't ever really go wrong with scout rifle. Scout rifles are in a very solid place as it is, and like it, it I don't know it's just it's very difficult to go wrong with a, with a um with a scout you know. Yep. So and it's it's called the thistle and you and it's a one eighty archetype. One eighty? Oh yeah, they, you'll be three tapping kids all day. Oh wait, no 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 two hits two bodies for a one eighty it's gonna be two hits two bodies so you won't be able to three tap with that. But I mean, since everybody else is going to be running commons, you don't really have to worry about getting outranged by yeah. you know, somebody else using a better scout rifle. Everybody's exactly. going to have a four tap scout scout rifle if they're running a scout. Yeah, exactly. There's not there's not a lot of uh, variety in in the white weapons. You know, they, they've made like one of, of there's one of everything. Each, yeah. That's about it. Yeah, exactly. Um, the the only reason that I'm saying pulse rifle is because the pulse rifle has the fastest TTK potential TTK out of all of the um, all the weapons that you can have, except for the shotgun, of course, because I mean you know it's kind of difficult to the shotgun and sniper, yeah, yeah, yeah. You but can't, uh, you can't really beat one hit, you know. Going back to our last podcast episode, uh, pulse rifles have always had that where. Pulse rifles always have really good TTK if you can land your headshots. If you, um, exactly, yeah, no, you 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 need to hand, land those heads. If you don't land the headshots, then they're not going to do much for you. All right, so let's get on with uh, normal competitive and actual meta uh, weapons. What do you recommend? Let's start with pinnacle weapons. Which pinnacle weapons would you recommend? Um, doesn't matter Luna. what it is, whether it's gambit. Um, Without that, Luna. Luna's Howl. Yeah, it is. It's such a good all-round weapon. 
So um, the the way that Luna's how works, in case some of you don't know, is that for you you get two headshots, and that's gonna proc your Luna's how perk. And then what that does is is you know luck in the chamber from D one. It it gives you that for the next five seconds. So whether it's headshot or body shot, as long as you you are landing shots, it'll give you luck in the chamber on your next. A uh, couple of shots for the next five seconds. However, if you miss a shot, the perk goes away, and you have to reproc it. You, like you have to re get two headshots in a row. So if you get a headshot, body shot, headshot, nothing's going to happen. But if you get headshot, headshot, body shot, then you can you can three tap someone like that. Okay. Uh, what other pinnacle weapon? Let's assume that uh you know people don't able have to that. get Luna's Howl. Okay. Yeah. Um. Then Recluse is a very good second. Um, the only problem with Recluse is that it doesn't have any range, like, at all. It's a 900 RPM uh, SMG, which is the Rapid Fire, so it has the best time to kill of all the, uh, of all the SMGs, but that being said, it's, um, you know, it, it has no a, range at all. It's a close-range weapon. You have to play very yeah. aggressively with it compared to Luna's Howl. Exactly, exactly. Uh, what about like oxygen or the mountaintop or uh, what's the breakneck? What about those pinnacle weapons? So breakneck, I, I've just recently got my breakneck and um, breakneck's good, but you won't have a lot of times to proc the the perk of it. So like what makes breakneck special, you won't have a lot of uh, time to be able to to get that to, to go um, to full effect, you know, because... The problem with Breakneck is that it it centers around you getting lots and lots of kills, and everyone in this tournament is generally pretty well matched. Like everyone's like close together in skill, so you're not going to have a lot of times where someone will just completely outslay someone else. You know? Oh, we're not discussing the tournament though. We're discussing competitive playlists. Oh, okay, well, same with same with same with comp then as well, because there's so much um, there's so much skill based matchmaking in Destiny that if you were to go into a uh a, quick, a game of quick play you'll still have to deal with people on your same skill level so you're um, really not going to be chaining together a bunch of kills to keep no especially with one especially with a an auto rifle it's just not gonna it's not gonna happen with an auto rifle like shotguns yes because you know it's one hit it's a one hit weapon so you'll be able to just keep going keep hitting keep shooting it has a lot of, it has a lot less room for error than an auto rifle because an auto rifle already as it is isn't the greatest when it comes to um tgk like the the real the real like crown jewel of a an auto rifle is catching someone off guard if you catch them off guard then you'll do absolutely brilliantly but if you have to uh like try and win a straight up gunfight then it's going to be a lot more difficult um the Auto rifles are, are very good for team shooting. Like, if you're going to play with your team, they're very good for chip damage. They're not really great for dueling. Same with SMGs. Like, you, you would have to use these weapons for more uh, team-style play than running off by yourself. And in quick play, I don't know how often people will play with, you know, other people. Like, maybe... It's, it's not often you're going to be in a team of four doing this, you know? Right. Uh, what about Oxygen? Um, so Oxygen, I used that on uh, Jay Donaghy's account when I was helping him out, and that was probably one of the most consistent scout rifles I've used 
in a long time. Um, it's a it's a three tap if you hit three headshots, which is very very nice, and um, you can also get the firefly poke to proc on it. So if you keep playing against people that are sitting next to each other over and over again, then you know that's going to help you out to clean up the other ones because if the firefly if the firefly poke procs, you can then just clean them up by doing a headshot. So a firefly to the head. And then on top of that, also um, another headshot after that. You can technically two tap people. So if if that makes sense, I, I don't know if and I explained it, it, it correctly. It should be noted the oxygen SR three is a one eighty archetype. Yes, so, it's it's and, the only one eighty that can three tap. The only one. Wow. Even at sixty two impact. Wow. Mm -hmm. So uh, the reason the reason the reason it does that is um, because there's a bug at the moment that it doesn't actually do 62 it does i believe 70. um oh, wow so until that gets fixed it's the only 180 that can three tap well i think i might be replacing my uh my scout rifle then i've been using the exotic solar what's it called oh polaris lance yeah polaris yeah yeah, that's Poler what yeah polaris lance is, is is a very good um option as well that's Without a doubt, one of my favorite scouts. Like it's it's one of my favorite go-to scouts if I'm going to be playing in Crucible. I don't really use scout rifles as it is, but if I do, that's probably the one I'm going to use. Okay. Well, since Polaris isn't a pinnacle weapon, why don't we go into non-pinnacle weapons for people who haven't been able to hit okay. twenty one hundred? You know, so, maybe they're trying to make the climb. So if you um if you do like scout rifles, the you know the uh, the Polaris Lance Quest. The, you get the legendary version of it, and then you get the uh, one that's masterworked. The RWP... Yeah, the RWP Mark II or something. Yeah. That is a very underrated scout rifle. I don't see anyone using that scout, and that scout has the same stats as the Polaris Lance, and it's a legendary. The only difference is that you don't have the... Um, the it doesn't have... Um, the exotic like perk. Fourth, yeah. yeah. Uh, the Perfect RWP has... Yeah, perfect fifth is the Polaris Lance, which is every headshot gives you a shot back, and every fourth headshot gives you an exploding shot. Yes. The RWP has the exact same stats, but it has triple tap instead. Yeah, exactly. So you would recommend that as a legendary scout, either one of those for your scout rifle in the energy slot? Yes, the um, the I'd recommend the the masterwork one purely because like if you get two kills and you you know you're gening orbs, but it's not it's not a it's not a huge issue if you don't have it. You know, it's not like it's going to make or break the. Uh, the... It's not going to make or break the gun. It's yeah, just exactly. It's just work. nice having extra orbs, you know? Okay. Uh, what about for kinetic? What about like um, Cerberus? Um, so Cerberus is, Cerberus is good, but it requires a very unique playstyle in order to like function correctly with it. So um, you, Dust Rock Blues is a is there for a reason you know like it's the it's it's a reason it's the number one kinetic in the game it's just such a consistent gun um you might not enjoy using shotguns but at the end of the day if you know if you're trying to make that climb you're gonna have to play with some things that you don't want to play with unfortunately so you wouldn't recommend cerberus is what you're saying um once you start getting to the to the twenty one hundred teams, like the teams that actually know what they're doing and stuff like that, it's going to be very difficult to shut down those players because uh, twenty one hundred players are they they not they're not bad players, you know. 
their biggest mistakes and flaws are just that they they're positioning more than anything else. It's not that they don't understand how to play the game or their their shot is bad or anything like that. It's just that generally twenty one hundred players are are good solo players but not very good teammates. That's so you're basically you're not going to be able to take advantage of Cerberus's innate perks to, for example, shut down shotgun rushers or overwhelm people in close range. Exactly. Okay. Uh, what about let's say bows? So we've done bows. Okay. Um. Yeah. Bows. Bows are very very good if you're a team player. If you are not a team player, bows will not do you any favors because it doesn't have the ability to one hit. The um the bow really requires you to like either make someone one shot or clean up a one shot. So like if I throw a nade into like a group of people and they're all weak, um. A bow is very good to clean up because it just does such high base damage and it has such a lot. Of, it has a lot of aim assist. It allows you to just clean up, you know, people in groups. So like, um, the first thing that comes to mind when you said bow was if you play on eternity and you're playing countdown. You know how like, uh, if you're on the defending side, everyone always checks keys and then there's like that snipe lane there. Yeah, so bows are very good for that because if you were to like throw a nade preemptively and then tag someone with it and then you know shoot them with the bow, that's 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 just a free kill right there. You know, you don't really have to do much in in the way of uh, of like actually fighting someone. You know, because you've just got some cheeky little damage on, and it's it's very underestimated how much damage a bow actually does because it does like 180 something to the head, like 170, 180 somewhere around there. So you don't need to do the um. Subtle Calamity does 141 to the head. Oh, really? It does? Yeah. That's, oh, God, it, okay. Because I was using the Vow, and that, that did quite a bit. Uh, there's... The exotic bows are a bit different. Uh, okay. The one that you get from Shattered Throne, for example, I think does like 170-something to the head. Okay. But it also has a much longer draw time. Uh, Subtle Calamity and Arsenic Bite, which are the most common because they're legendary, it's really easy to get, they both do 141 to the head. Right, okay. Actually, um, I think Arsenic Bite does one, 150, but it's a slower draw. But it's a slower draw. Okay, well then that's just a melee away, you know? Like, if you were to bow someone and then melee them, that would kill. I didn't realize it was so low. Wow, okay. I mean, I don't use bows. I, I despise bows. I absolutely hate them. Um, but Like I said, Subtle Calamity is a uh, a low draw time, which is why it does so little damage. But it is still 141 to the head, and like you were saying, with team shooting... That's a lot of damage. That oh, yeah, that's a lot of damage for one shot, you know? With and it's, team shooting, it's still... you're just going to drop somebody really... Look, you could take somebody who still has half their shield and one-shot them at that level. You were going to say something. Um, I was just going to say, uh, for if people want to learn how to play, uh, play better with um, bows, there's a streamer. His name is Icy Lemon. He's, without a doubt, one of the best bow players in the world. Like, the man is able to take a bow and he goes into high tier comp and he makes it work like he's he's a very very intelligent player um so if people want to if people are interested in using bows in you know higher level play um his name is icy lemon it's spelled correctly there's no like underscores or anything like that it's just icy and then lemon okay uh what about pulse rifles so we already know about blast furnace everybody's seen blast Furn- yeah, furnace blast everywhere. Furnace and um Bygones are the are te- so technically the meta right now for statistically used weapons is blast furnace and bygones. Those are, that's that's the technical meta at the moment because those are the most used weapons. Because uh, 
the amount of people going for lunas and the amount of people that have lunas um you know there's, there's a big difference between people getting it and people that have it so uh the most common used weapon in this game right now is definitely pulse rifles uh if you are, are going to use a sorry go are there any sleeper pulse rifles you can think of like say vigilance wing or oh, so people that pulse rifles that are like really good but no one uses yeah okay so um your max rate of fire pulse rifles your 540s your rapid fires they have the fastest TTK out of all pulse rifles in the game. They will they will kill in three bursts, but you have to hit eight of the nine headshots in order for it to to actually you know like uh, to kill to put down a guardian. Um, so any of your rapid fires, so uh, claw of the wolf. Um, I'm trying to think of what what the the pulse rifle from Charles was. There was a no that would no that wasn't a that was a uh, a 360, I think it was actually. Relentless, that's the one I was thinking of. No, that's not a rapid fire. Um, but yeah, any of your rapid fire sh- uh, pulses, they will three tap to the head as long as you hit three headshots. Like they, all, all three bursts need to be a headshot in order for you to three tap. Um, but as far as sleepers that are easy to use, go figure. I don't see anyone using a go figure, and you can get some absolutely filthy rolls on a go, on a go, on a go figure. Um, same with. Vigilance Wing, that's also a very good pulse rifle that I don't see a lot of people using. But no, but yeah, so I mean, like, the reason Bygones and and Blast Furnace is so high up there is because they're just, they're easily accessible and they're just very good, you know? Right. Um, well, let's see. What other archetypes are there? Hand cannons. So Hand we've cannons. already gone over Lunar's Hallow. Um, you've, you've seen my Duke, for reference yes. for the listeners. I have a Duke Mark 44 with Outlaw, Rampage, uh, High Caliber Rounds, uh, Sure Shot Sights, I believe, uh, yes. the Range, incre- range Increasing Sights, and uh, Range Masterwork, so it's 94 range. Yeah. Would you recommend that Duke or not because it's a 140? Um, or so 110? The, uh, so Hank Kennedy's in this game are kind of in a funky place. Uh, 140s and 150s are like where the upper echelon of players wants hand cannons to be. We want 140s, 150s to be what the golden standard of hand cannons should be, not 180s, because 180s are just so easy to use, you know? Um, that being said, 110s, the ability to just headshot body-body is... Oh, that's so nice, being able to do that. Um, uh, also, a thing that is unique to 110s is that you can headshot melee, and that will kill. You can also proc either a kill clip or rampage, and then just headshot, headshot. They are yeah, two taps. Two, yes, two tap. Yes, one tens can two tap. Um, uh, one twelve to the head with rampage, I believe. Yes, that is correct. Two twenty four. Yeah, they're yeah. they're not. You're not. Yeah, you're not. You're not walking away from that. Yeah. You know? uh, what other? What else? What other hand cannons? Um, service revolver is a good replacement if you don't have a trust. Like I still firmly believe that trust is the best one uh ADE hand cannon that you can get that isn't a lunar or an Forgotten. um i i stand by that is that because of its range aim assist ease of use so the reason the reason it's it's so good is because you can get uh maximum range and max stability on a 180 on that on that gun without having to sacrifice one or the other so it just makes it, it just makes using the gun easier because you don't have to 
pick and you choose know, what you're going to be strong with. Exactly. Yeah. So the service revolver naturally has low stability, but very high aim, uh, high aim assist and range. But the trust has medium aim assist, but high range and high stability. So you don't have to like make the sacrifice of, oh, which one do I want instead? You know, move on to the next archetype. Uh, what about SMGs? They're not really in a good place right now. You already went over recluse. Anything else you would recommend? Is Antiope still really good? Yes, so um, I'm currently, as, as you're speaking right now, I'm playing in the tournament, and I'm using um, Antiope and a Graviton Lance. That's that's what I'm using now at the moment. The the um, the, the modifier, I guess, is that you just can't use Power Ammo, but everything goes. And I'm competing with Lunas and Shotguns and stuff like that. Like, just because it's not used doesn't mean it's bad, you know? Like, you have to understand that Antio was never nerfed. You know, SMGs, SMGs have received three buffs since Season 3. You know, like, when Antiope stopped becoming meta because Luna came out, um, Antiope just... Because, it's not because that they weakened Antiope, it's just because other stuff came out that's better. Exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, no, so, like, if you if you used Antiope in Season 1 through 3, um, it's still the same... It's still the same god roll weapon that you know it was, and I mean now with random rolls you can actually improve it. You can make up for the lack of range and the uh, uh, the poor recoil direction that it has. Like that, that was one of the biggest issues with the with the gun was that its recoil was atrocious. But you can and now you can throw a counterbalance stock on it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And you can still keep the range that that gun has because it has absurd range. Like it is, it is absurdly high. Like it's it like shouldn't be that high. But... Yeah, yeah. It's I believe it hits um, ninety something, if I'm not mistaken. Again, I could be wrong, but if you, as long as you're running the max range thing, you know the the masterwork. Thank you. Um, the max the the range masterwork. It's it's good. You know, like it can it can definitely put down shotgun rushes because I know that that's like another thing that people struggle with is that um, is the shotgun rushes and um, if you use Recluse, and you like how Recluse works. Antiope is basically just a a uh, I don't know a, a predecessor. Is that is that the one I'm looking for? It's it's the early Recluse, um, you know, because instead of just having to hit, um, get a kill with anything, and then you get the this like insane damage buff. Antiope has had that this entire time, you know, with with kill clip, and it people don't understand stand how strong this gun actually is um again it does require a very unique playstyle. you can't just like run in and immediately be able to do well but if you if you learn the limitations of the gun you can definitely do a lot of damage without a doubt right uh let's see what other archetypes do we have we've done pulse rifles scout rifles we haven't done side arms. rifles we haven't done sidearms okay Sodoms are very, very good right now. They people don't understand how good Sodoms are at the moment. So um, I have an anonymous autumn that basically carries me. It is the it is so good. Like if I'm gonna go in and I wanna just like troll around in, in quick play or something, I'll use the anonymous autumn and I outgun people that are trying to like hand cannon me and stuff and it's it's so good it it is such a good sidearm um 
Now, Again, is Anonymous Autumn the Crucible or the Vanguard? That, um, so it's the one that looks. Uh, I believe it's. I believe it's Vanguard, but um, yeah, I, think, I so. think. I think it's the one that looks like um, all. The Traveler's Chosen. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. So yeah, it's the Vanguard sidearm. It's the, um, okay. What about Smuggler's Word or um, Death by Scorn, which are the the, uh, the Forsaken sidearms? Um, so the, I've, I've not really used any of those, uh, again, cause I, I don't really use a lot of sidearms. I, um, I played destiny one and I, I'm a very proud person. I don't like to use sidearms, but you know, I'll, I'll make an exception for my anonymous autumn. Um, the, the three burst ones. So like, remember, if you remember lost hope, well, like that used to be an absolute pain in, in, in the crucible. Um, it's still very good. Again, just like the anterior, it's it's never been nerfed. You know, it's it's just other things have gotten better. That's all. Uh, Smuggler's Word is the two round burst one. Oh, okay, the the, the the have the the aggressive archetype of yeah, of SMGs. Okay, so um, yeah, Smuggler's Word does uh does a lot of damage. Like it it'll put down someone very quickly. But the issue with that gun is because it's in the aggressive archetype. If you miss headshots, if you start hitting body shots, it's not going to do a lot of damage. It it really needs you to hit those shots, and if you don't, then you know it it kind of just um, you're shooting yourself in the foot at that point. You know. Right. Well, let's move into the uh, special archetypes and okay. let's go fusion rifles. So uh, fusion rifles at this moment in time, there's like only three viable fusion rifles that you can really use, which is uh, Aaron Teal. Um, loader question and um, main ingredient. Those are like really the only ones that you can get away with with using. Um, that being said, you can use other fusion. So I mean, technically speaking, um, Jotun is a fusion rifle, and you know we all know how upsetting it is to play against a Jotun. Um, but if we're going to just talk about the more traditional ones, then yes, there's only three that you can really get away with. So you'd recommend uh, grinding out those gunsmith bounties for definitely, yeah, yeah, definitely. If you if you can, um, you want to get the I, I believe it's liquid coils, but I'm not too sure what it's called. Um, I think it's called liquid coils, and what it does is it increases your max impact from like almost full to max. And if you do that, if you do if you max out your max impact, you can one hit supers with um, with that. So as long as you hit all seven of your bolts, though, you can't, you know, if you if you miss a bolt, then uh, you won't be able to one hit uh, spectral blades. Not all supers, but spectral blades. It'll shut down spectral blades. Uh, spectral blade is getting a nerf, actually. Yes, yes, it is. It's also getting a armor, an armor nerf. So well, that's kinda... what I'm talking about. Yeah, is they knocked it from sixty to fifty-two. While yes. you're invisible, and they increase the not invisible from 52 to 54. But either way, it's still, um, it's not nearly as powerful as it used to be. Yeah, it's it's, it's not as dominant as it's going to be. It's now actually going to hinge on uh, map awareness and positioning. People are going to actually have to need to to know how to play. You can't just all one spam, you know? That was the biggest issue with that, is that people that didn't know how to use the super would just get on and just spam all one over and over again and just get free kills because like super was just so damn good right um snipers 
Now, this is one that I want to, I have a special mention I want to make, and that's uh, Persuader, which is the Vanguard Sniper. Yes. Which, to my knowledge, is still the highest aim assist legendary sniper yes. that has a low zoom, as in 4.5 or 5, five times zoom yes. uh, sniper in the game. That is it's correct, yes. Third highest aim assist as well. I think the only ones that beat it are Darcy and Borealis. Yeah, but both of those are exotics. So, I mean, as far as legendaries go, it's the best for aim assist. So, like, if you're struggling to hit those shots, then um, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a very good sniper to go to. I I have a, um, uh, the Iron Banner one. I don't know, I've forgotten what the Iron Banner one's called, but... It has a very good scope on it. It so you can't change the scope on that gun, but you can change the barrel options. And uh, the unique thing about snipers is that the more range you have, the more aim assist you have. Um, so the reason that works like that is that it's not it's not like oh you know this gun gives me plus fifteen aim uh, fifteen range, therefore I'm gonna get three aim assist. Um, the way that it works is that the reason you have more aim assist is because the um, the effective range that you can use the gun at is increased with the more range that you have. So, like, if I'm standing on Equinox and I'm trying to snipe into your spawn, if I don't have a lot of um, range on my gun, I'm not going to be able to hit you very easily in the back because um, you're going to be out of my effective range. But with the more range that I have, I'll be able to uh, have a, a more sticky reticle further away. So that's why people say you have more aim assist. It's just, it gives you more aim assist on those really far shots because it's still in your effective range. So if so you're going to look... Sorry, go. Well, one way to think about this, because I've um, I've heard from uh, the Crucible guys, uh, the way that the range stat works in relation to aim assist is it ties into your damage falloff specifically. Yes, that's correct. So when you... When you start shooting at ranges where you're no longer doing optimal damage anymore, it's also the range where you're going to start losing aim assist because your gun isn't meant to be shooting at those ranges. And this is primarily a PC thing, um, or a console thing. PC doesn't have this issue because they don't have aim assist the way console does. Still have damage falloff, though. So you can think of it as the range where you start seeing damage falloff is where you're going to start losing aim assist as well. Um, yes, that is correct. And this also applies to snipers. When your sniper starts having damage fall off, you're going to lose your aim assist. You're going to have a hard time making headshots. Yep, that is. You're yeah, also going to. You will also see uh, more bloom. So once you go outside of your damage fall off range, you the bullets will actually start to cone out. Yeah. Uh, so the, once the again, bloom because only you're outside of it. LMGs and hand cannons at the moment. This that's not all weapons. Just hand cannons and LMGs. Yeah, well, I don't mean like bloom, bloom. I mean um, damage cone because they were talking yes. about you know the cone of fire. Uh, okay. Once you're outside of your ap optimal damage range, once you're going into the damage fall off, your rounds will actually start to cone outwards because you're outside of your effective range. Yes, um, I just I just wanted to say that um, snipers that people sleep on. There's the um, the supremacy that I, I don't see a lot of people using supremacy because everyone seems to, to favor the harder hitting uh, snipers in the game. But Supremacy, if you can get a good roll on that, that's a very good sniper. Same with the Iron Banner sniper and the, um, I think it's called the, the Elegy 42, I think is what it's called. Oh, that's um, a hard hitting one, but I've yes. tried that one and it doesn't have really a whole lot of aim assist, but it Not, does hit But it will put people down. Yeah, it, um, 
if if you if you're fighting against the lower um, armored supers, it'll one shot those. But if you use it against, say, like uh, I, I I don't know, um, Dawnblade, for instance, if you if you try and snipe a Dawnblade, it'll leave them one shot. Like at that point, you've done you've done the job for your team. Your team just needs to get like a hand cannon shot off or something, and they'll die. Um, so and it if, also if has you... really low handling. Yes, like it the does. AD, the ADS time on that thing is miserable. Yeah, you need you need aim, you need um, snapshot on that without a doubt. Like if you're gonna if you're gonna farm for one of those snipers, and again, it's it's a very niche weapon. Um, like a, a lot of these weapons that are anti-meta require you to play a, a very strict and certain way. That's unfortunately why it's anti-meta. But if you do use the sniper, um, you just need to learn how to to adjust to that with the uh the the handling being low things that you can do to fix it is you can have um dexterity boots for a sniper dexterity boots that will give you uh plus 10 handling um the masterwork for handling as well on top of that will give you a plus 30 and then snapshot sights gives you max handling for aiming down sights it doesn't give you max handling overall it just so um the way the handling works is that the more handling you have the faster you aim down sights and the faster you switch your weapon um and then also it's your looking left and looking right it's how fast that you know one aim down sights how fast you can look left and right up and down um so you can max out your weapon swap speed with your boots and you can max out your aim down sights with the snapshot sight perk the only thing that you're gonna have to really uh get to, to like used to is the um aim down sight speed like that's the only thing that's really going to keep you down um you mean the um the turning speed while aiming down sights. Yes, yes, that's correct. Yeah, that's what that's what aim that's what sorry not aim assist, that's what handling um, effects is the aim down sights like looking speed. speed. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you want to cheat the system, you can wear traction boots. Traction boots increases your left to right look speed uh, whilst aiming down sights. It's not meant to. It's that's not what it's meant to do, but it does. So um, if you if it's really really bothering you that you know you can't flick your 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 reticle around very quickly you can wear traction boots and that will fix it as well okay um last special weapon and one that you made a note here on that you want to discuss in depth shotguns yes um okay so everyone's under the impression that shotguns are very uh, are very strong at the moment. They, they're in a, they're in like the, the. Some people say OP, you know, that they're overpowered. But the the thing about shotguns is that they are incredibly inconsistent. Um, it is, it's not often that you will get. I mean, for instance, you, you know, yesterday when you when you were shooting at, oh, not yesterday, but the other day when we were playing when we were playing comp, um, you know, how many times could you say that you reliably felt that your shotgun was definitely going to one hit this person. You know, it's it's a very shotguns just in in general are, are very inconsistent weapons. Now, depending on the perks you have on your shotgun, you can actually like make them more consistent, but if you were to just take a base shotgun, they're not going to be very consistent weapons. So, a lot of people that I notice when they they try and, you know, find their god roll shotgun is that they only look at the range stat. That's the only thing they care about is how much range the shotgun has. And a lot of people fall into the trap of using smoothbore. Now, smoothbore is has the highest range 
uh, benefit to the gun, but it is probably the worst perk that you could have on that, that gun. I'd rather use Barrel Shroud than, shot, than uh, Smoothbore, and Barrel Shroud does absolutely nothing. It is just a barrel that gives you no buffs in any way, shape, or form. Um, the reason that Smoothbore is just so terrible is because it increases your projectile spread. Now, what that means is that Yes, it'll let you shoot further, and it'll and it'll it'll like increase the amount of range you have before damage fall off. But at the same time, your pellets, like all eight of your pellets, are going to go all over the place. Like you're not going to have the 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 amount of damage you would have if you were to use like rifled or full choke. Now, pellet spread is the one thing that you want to keep tight at all times. It is it is something that you want. You want absolutely no pellet spread at all. If you want to like map people with shotguns, you need to keep your, your pellet spread as tight as possible. So I use full choke. That is that is my go-to barrel option. It's the one if I'm gonna farm for a perfect shotgun, I want full choke. You can use rifled because rifled um just gives you straight range. It's just bam, there you go, extra range. Um full choke doesn't give you extra range in any way, shape, or form. All it does is it it just tightens your spread, so it makes your pellet the like the pellets of your gun more akin to like a slug, um, but it still has you know like it's it still has pellets. Um, on top of that, uh, your masterwork. The only masterwork you want on a shotgun is the range masterwork. That's it. You don't want anything else. If you have any other masterwork, don't use that shotgun. You you want range. You want the range masterwork. Same with Acarized in the second slot. You don't want Tac Mag, you don't want um, Steady Rounds, nothing like that. You don't want any of those. You want Acarized. So the, the trifecta that you're looking for is um, Full Choke, Range Masterwork, and Acarized Rounds. Now, Full Choke can be rifled. It's At that point, it's just personal preference. It doesn't actually matter which of the two barrels you choose. Um, just make sure that it's one of those two barrels. If you don't have either one of those barrels, but you have like a fantastic shotgun that you really, really like, and you have small ball. Small ball is a very good uh, alter alternative to rifled. Not smooth ball. It has to be small ball. Um, yeah, in D1, small ball was <clears throat> like the perk that everybody wanted because it slightly increases range and stability. That is correct, yes. If you couldn't get aggressive on your... Uh, if you couldn't get a, a aggressive ballistics, then small ball was your second go-to. Um, as well as rifled, small yeah, small ball is it's 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 like the little brother of rifled. Um, it it does it's not quite the same because I believe rifled gives you fifteen range, whereas small ball gives you eight. So it's it's you know it's just extra range. It's not um, negatively impacting you in any way. It's just you could get more range on the gun, but if you if you were just unlucky enough to get um, you know like small ball and uh, barrel shroud then use use small ball because small ball is definitely um it's a good just not a great perk choice um and then your final two slots um at that point it's personal preference because there's there's nothing that will really like negatively impact your shotgun there's obviously some perks that are more desirable than others but slide at shot. that point yeah exactly slide shot yeah exactly slide shot um so my my ideal perfect shotgun that if I could if I could pick and choose the perks that I would want for me 
um, it would be full choke accurized with range mass work, slide shot, and rampage. Now, um, the reason that I want slide shot is because it'll allow me to reload my gun without me actually having to reload, because I can just slide and the bullets will go straight in. And then on top of that, if I like slide around a corner and I shotgun and I miss, I will only have one more pellet in my in my mag because you you know you spawn in with two. However, if I were to like on the way run over and pick up special ammo, but I keep running and I don't reload, whilst I'm sliding around the corner, one bullet will go into a mag so that I'll have three. And then when I shoot the bullet at my team at my, at the enemy and I miss, I still have two in the ma in in the mag, so I still have the ability to shoot two more times. On top of that, with Rampage, if I get a kill with my shotgun, um, it applies 12 damage extra per pellet. Then there's eight pellets. So you literally go from doing um, like just over 200 damage to like almost 300, you know? Yeah, an extra 12 damage per eight pellets is 96 more damage yeah. with Rampage. And that's one stack, And that's, right? that's the first stack. That's just the first one. Um. And then I'm a Titan main, so I use Middle Tree Sentinel, uh, Middle Tree Slam, sorry. And when I slide over ammo, it does the exact same thing. It gives me, except except for 12 damage per bullet, it's 8 damage per bullet. But that's still, you know, like, what's 64 damage, if I math correctly? Yeah, um, it's that's an extra 64 damage, which is more than enough to put someone down, you know? Um, so rampage just makes it so that um, I can shoot at further ranges than I'm intent than I'm like meant to because I have more damage to deal. So that means that I can push back my damage fall off. On top of that, as well, if I were to like miss some of my pellets, like let's say I only get like half my barrel onto the enemy, so like half my reticles off half is on, I can still one hit you because I am doing enough damage with half my pellets to make up to compensate for the uh, the other half that I've missed. You know, so. Um, in, in my opinion, I think that the most important perk that you can get on a shotgun is Rampage and Full Choke. Those are, like, without a doubt, the two, like, needed perks, in my opinion. Again, guard rolls are a personal preference. It's not like, this is the best roll, every other roll is terrible. It's just, for my playstyle... These are the ones that mathematically will make you the most consistent and give you the longest possible range. Yes, exactly. But a lot of people choose to use Snapshot over Rampage because Snapshot increases your um, handling and with, uh, with the Snapshot increase on shotguns, it increases how fast you look down, like your, your uh, aim down sight speed, whereas on snipers it doesn't, but on shotguns it does. So people use that, use Snapshot, because it allows them to make adjustments very quickly if they were to, like, slide around a corner and they're ever so slightly off. It's not like this big heavy move over to the right kind of thing to, to you know, compensate for the amount of, um, the amount that they're off. If you have Snapshot, it's a very quick, kind of like a sniper, just straight to the body, you know? Um, right. uh, one last thing as well with shotguns that I've noticed a lot of players doing is that they're trying to hit headshots. If you're not using a if you're not using a slug shotgun, a precision shotgun, um, and it has to be a slug round. So like Dust Rock Blues, yes, it's a precision shotgun, but it's not a slug round shotgun. It's a it still shoots eight pellets. Your uh, bygone uh, not bygones, I'm sorry. Your uh, good bone structure, uh, chaperone, 
I can't think of there's, any others because I don't know any others. Um, there's the uh, the new monarchy one. Oh yeah, yeah, the new monarchy that, one. Yes, yeah. Like those are all slug shotguns, and what those do is they deal more damage on crit. So like your when you when you shoot someone in the head, it, the crit multiplier is like insanely high. So you will one hit every single time um, those guardians, and you can also like you can one hit. Um, Warlocks in their little well, not the not the not the big super well, the um, the just the like right. the little well of radiance, you know. Um, you can one hit with a chaperone. I know for a chaperone, I'm not too sure about the other two, but I know with a chaperone you can uh, if you have um, the perk active. Um, and then on top of that, with your one-eyed mask titans, if you shotgun them in the head and they melee, that will put them down as well. That'll kill them. Um, also on top of that, the slug round shotguns just naturally have a higher range and you can one hit from just insane distances so the the general test for a shotgun is your nine meters if you can one hit at nine meters it's a good shotgun your slug rounds they consistently without any extra buffs or perks or anything like that like if you just take the base gun they will kill at 11. if you get a god roll um good bone structure which my friend jason has um he kills at 13 meters. But once again, you have to be landing those headshots. Yes, you have to be landing those headshots. If you miss that headshot, you're kind of screwed. Um, yeah, it's a... It, it's they're not even two-tap to the body, isn't it? No, it's no. It's like a um, three-tap? So, so it, uh, if you have eight armor or more, it's a three-tap. But not a lot of people run eight armor in Crucible. Because, I mean, there's so many hunters as it is. And everyone seems to be running like a 9-1-3 build or something. Um, so with hunters, you can two tap them to the body, but if you, if you run into a Titan, that's, you know, wearing higher than normal armor, um, you won't be able to two tap them to the body, but odds yeah. on in your favor, you will probably be able to two tap the majority of the guardians that you, that you face against. Um, except for that one awkward time when that person, for whatever reason is running eight armor, you know, yeah, my Titan runs a three, four, 10, three, four, 10, 10 recovery. 10 recovery. Oh, that's insane. Yeah, you'll be able to just go back to back to back to back fights. Yeah, you can just take whatever fight you want and just win. It's yeah. awesome. As soon as I hear the uh, the beeping start, it goes three beeps uh, from my shield breaking, and then my health starts regening. Oh, it's, my word. It's tremendous. So I run a I run a 274, I think, is what I run. Um, I would like to run 10 on... Oh, here we go. Here's a, here's a fun fact. Um, Lunas... If the if you're playing against uh, a Luna and the enemy isn't that great with a with their Luna shot, if you run nine or ten armor, uh, either or it works at nine, um, they have to shoot you three times in the head and once in the body for all 180s to kill you. So usually, like a normal 180 that isn't a Luna is two headshots, two bodies, and that will kill you. If you're wearing um, nine or ten armor, it's three headshots, one body. So the best counter to Luna is Iron Armor. It'll give you one extra shot of survivability. So, so yeah, but don't. But if they if they proc the Luna's Hull perk, so if they get two headshots in a body on you, you will die. That will kill you. But if okay. they miss any shots before the um like before the proc of the perk, it will give you an extra shot of survivability. So like if you're playing against um uh, trusts or uh, service revolvers. It'll give you an extra shot of survivability. Same with scout rifles. The um, the three headshots. 
if you run max armor, if you run 10 armor and you play against a 150, they'll have to shoot you an extra time. Um, if you're playing against uh, 180s, they have to hit you. So again, with 180s, it's two heads, two bodies, but they have to shoot you three times in the head, once in the body. It just it just forces your opponents to have to be more accurate towards you. Let's move on to the next topic, which is the importance and strategies in team shorting shooting. Shooting uh, team oh. shorting. Yeah, no team shorting. You can't. Oh my word. Yeah. Um. So the the higher you go in, in competitive the less individual skill you'll actually need to be able to compete with the enemy team because at that point everyone is just so accustomed to always having the buddy system up that if you see one person i promise you there's going to be another one behind them no one no one ever picks fights by themselves unless it is a 3-1 push and the one push the guy who's going by himself is intentionally baiting you into killing him um so the if if you're gonna if you're gonna go for lunas, you have to play as a team. At least at least split two and two. Have someone with you at all times so that if for whatever reason you're missing shots or um or even if you're hitting your shots, if the both of you are hitting your shots, the person will be put down faster than you can snipe them. But uh yeah, no, uh team teamwork and, and team shooting is is just uh, so imperative. Same with communication. If you aren't clearly giving callouts and like um, short bursts of information, you you're not really going to be like helping your team. So, like for instance, if if you push into the into uh, let's say you're playing um, control, okay, and you're standing on B and you die, if you just sit there whilst three people are like swarming around your body, and your teammates are trying to pick up A. You could tell them, hey, there's three people on my body. That means that the one that's shooting you guys, he's by himself. You know, that's a 3v1. So the way that you could give that information to your teammates is 3 on B, 1A. Now, you've just told your entire team in like half a second to a second that A is good. You can push A, team shot that and capture it. B has three on them. So once you're done, you come to B. And if your team understands spawn locations and spawn rotations, they will then be able to also, from your, from what you told them, that you'll be spawning in the back of C, so that you'll be able to either protect or capture C. Now, I realize that um, callouts and the more accurate callouts that you get is going to also reflect how skilled the player is. And generally speaking, in higher tier play, the amount of communication that you hear in a team is actually very little. You don't actually hear them talking a whole lot. Because most of the time, it's clear comms at all times, and you give very quick, short callouts. If your callout is longer than two seconds, you're hindering your team. Because they then have to sit and listen to you calling out whatever it is you're talking about, whilst also trying to figure out what's happening in-game. So, like, if I'm in the middle of a gunfight, and I'm trying to think, i got to beat this person, and there's another one to, to his right, so I now have to 1v2 this, this person, and then I have my teammate telling me everything that's happening behind me, and he's giving me like this long ass story about it, it's gonna throw me off and I'm not gonna be able to focus on what I'm trying to do. But if he just says two in front of you, two behind you, perfect. I know there's two in front of me, and as soon as that's done, I can either dip and get health or try and fight the two behind me. Um I realize that's more communication than team shotting, but Yeah, that was our fourth topic instead of uh, our second topic. But uh, okay, but I mean it, it's important the two for of those, team shooting. 
yeah, but like those two go in hand in hand. You, you you can't do one without the other because you need to communicate with your team to say, hey, I'm team. I'm going to be pushing this angle. So your teammates have to then realize, oh shit, I should help you. You know. Also, another thing is if you are going to team shot with someone, don't have four people looking at the same angle. Like, uh, sorry, no, uh, have four people look at the same angle, but not from the same spot. Like, have just, have multiple people looking at the same angle from different places. That's just opening up to get hit with a grenade and cleaned up. Exactly. If all four of you are standing in the doorway looking at the same lane, and I throw one grenade, I'm going to tag all four of you, and then all four of you are weak. But if it's like two and two, only two of you are weak, and then while there's two are weak, they can back up and get their health, and the other two can push in and keep the enemy team busy while you guys are getting your health back. But if all four of you are there, then that's just easy picking. Someone with a bow can just come and clean you up, you know? Or body shot with a sniper, map you from a ridiculous range with a shotgun. You just won't have the health to deal with what's going to be pushing you, you know? What else do you... So you recommend team shooting. Yes. Uh, don't stand next to each other while you're doing it. Uh, what other tips do you have for team shooting? Let's say for loadouts. Uh, should everybody be running different weapons? If you have one guy that, let's take me, for example, with my scouts and bows, I prefer playing mid. Would you recommend that I position myself a bit further back so that so, I'm not open to getting hit or what? So um, is this is this team shooting or is this a loadout question? Uh, this is team this is team shooting. Like, how should people compose their team when they're going to be team shooting? Like, okay, so what should you think about when you're going to be helping your buddy shoot another dude? Okay, so um, you need to one, you need to not block his strafe his strafe path. So if you're going to help your teammate, don't stand on top of him. So like, let's say he's in the middle of a gunfight and he's strafing left to right. If you're going to help him, don't stand to the left or to the right of him stand either in front or behind preferably behind so that you don't block his line of sight and you don't block his strafe pattern um also if he's using an auto rifle or a pulse rifle or a scout or something like that then you need to either push up with a hand cannon so that the person is dueling starts to like switch his threat to you so that you take the aggro from him because you're going to be closer to him that's going to take pressure off of your teammate so that he doesn't continue getting shot. And then you have more health than your teammate because he's been in this, in this fight. So you'll also potentially save his life. He will then help you to finish off that fight and you will both get one kill as opposed to a kill in a trade. So like if, if for instance, um, let's say you are... Uh, we're standing on Pantheon, okay? And you know where power spawns on that like circle by water? My waterfall? Uh, yeah. Okay, so like, let's say you're on the one end of like sea spawn, and you have your scout out, okay, and you're trying to you're scouting at the sniper on the other side. If you get bodied, my immediate response is to walk in front of you, and to start pushing up and like charging at him. Because when I start charging at him, he's not going to try and clean you up anymore. He's not going to look at me, because I'm, I'm now the new threat. Whilst I'm charging at him, you will then re-peek out of cover, and finish him off because he's no longer looking at you because I am now the new threat. Does that make sense as to how? Yeah, like, I'm just trying to correlate it to my past experiences where that'll happen and they'll just in on while I'm, you know, I'll peek back out and die and then they'll just trade to you following up and shoulder charging them. Okay, so the, the problem with that is that your teammate that was pushing up was either 
too slow to push up from the initial from you initially being bodied or two when they were pushing up they weren't like in the very middle of the lane so i'm just thinking they... of um like the guy who's a sniper just completely ignores my buddy and... oh if you if you completely ignores my if he completely ignores me and con- and tries to finish you off then i'm gonna have free shots on him because i'm using my luna or my shotgun or whatever it is that i'm using he's now either either way he's not looking at both of us he's dying that person's dead because he has to choose at that point who he wants to who he wants to take a fight with he can either finish the fight with you and risk dying to me and then i'm in their spawn in the position that he's meant to hold down or he can try and snipe me which will save his spawn but you will clean him up so okay, either well way he loses let's reverse the position then okay uh, i know we were just talking about team shooting but what if i am that sniper and this get is out. Exactly the thing best happened. thing you can do is get out just run if you if you body if you body shot if you if i if you body shot the enemy team and they back up and there's there's like one or two people running at you get out rotate out tell your teammates they're coming into our spawn and then what you will do is as a full man you will move around the side of the map and you will go to cube and you will then reposition and start look at holding cube and look at power again the worst okay. thing that you could possibly do is let them take your flank because you died in that flank well uh that actually goes into our third topic which was positioning so let's go ahead and keep going with that let's just uh discuss positioning and team shooting at the same time here because they all kind of work hand in hand same with so positioning um a lot of people think that like positioning is all about like knowing like dirty angles that you can like you can see them but they can't see you type thing you know um but what it what it really means is that your positioning is relative to your teammates if you are playing with the same three people that you know like you know you and your three teammates if you the four of you are playing together consistently and you all have the same uh like mentality and you you know how to work with each other and you got good chemistry if you are always going by yourself on the right hand side flanking them trying to get behind your teammates uh trying to get behind the enemy so that you you can make a pinch between you and your teammates your teammates will soon learn to expect that from you and they will put themselves in positions to help you but if you do that one game and then the next game you like straight up in the face you know trying to shotgun them um like just like raw aggression up the front then that's going to throw your teammates off and if you want a consistent if you want in in consistent positions like you're not doing the same routes doing the trying to do the same thing every game that's going to throw your teammates off so and well then also if they're thrown off then they will accept like they will expect you to be behind a teammate but next thing you know you're not there so they aren't watching that flank anymore because they know you're there to watch that for them but if you keep changing where you're going to be pushing and how you played from game to game they will not look at that angle because they're like oh it's okay you know um soren has that angle covered i don't have to watch that but next thing i see soren's right in front of me and he's running straight at them with a shotgun and i'm not being shot from the right hand side because soren is no longer covering that angle you know basically it boils down to if you have somebody that can find their flank and turn their flank rely on them and if you're that guy do that so that your team knows you do it and don't yeah. let the enemy team turn your flank yes and if you die like so like let's say let's say i'm pushing up all right and i'm trying to get the flank on the enemy team and um i run into two of them and the both of them managed to kill me say hey 
right hand, right hand flank, not covered. You know, like watch out. They might push you from that angle. And just having that information of like, it might happen. They'll just, instead of like straight hard scoping the angle that they're on, they'll just like every now and again, check the radar to make sure no one's coming from the right. And they'll, they'll be, they will be like less surprised when they do get shot from that angle. Um, the more information that you can give to your team, the better off you'll be. Like Destiny is, is um, it's, not, it's not like COD, you know, you can't just run in and just slay out and hope for the best. You know, like th there's, there's a lot of like tactics in this game in order to like beat certain teams. And the reason that some teams are just straight up better than you is because they understand basic um, strategy. Like most of the time when you play against a stronger team, I promise you they are not like uniquely gifted at the game. They're not like, this is all they've ever done for the past six years that, that Destiny's been out, you know? They just, they, they have come to the understanding that everyone on their team is going to play a specific role. They're all doing the same thing and they can always rely that that person is going to get that job done. And instead of relying on their individual skill, they rely on team communication and planning and making sure that when something does hit the fan, like let's say for instance, uh, the person on the right gets flanked and I get sniped out and now I'm in a 2v4. It is those two people's job to stay alive. If they can, if they can, bring the enemy team into assault like a false sense of security saying like hey there's only two of us you can full push us if we keep backing up and wait for our teammates to spawn up when you guys spawn in not only do you have overshields but you will be in our spawn which means that we'll have more cover than them because they've had to push our spawn and we can kill the four of them to their initial two all of a sudden our deaths have just become bait for us to get a team wipe and we're now you know four two up like a lot of high strategy, like high tier strategies is making the enemy think that they're in a like strong position. And the way to counter it is to just play against people like that and to know what you can and can't push. Like whenever we would play, there are certain times that I would tell people, no, don't push that. He's baiting you. You know, like let's say, let's say you get someone really fucking weak. And this is my favorite thing to do is this. Like, you will get me really fucking weak and I'll dip around a corner. I'm one shot as hell. You should kill me. But for whatever reason, you're going to walk around the corner and shoot me? Well, no, I'm going to just shotgun you and kill you. I, I, why not throw a nade? You know, throw a nade after me. Nades are safe. They deal damage in an area. And if you have a tracking nade, that's even better. I'm, I'm screwed at that point. Like, I can't run away from a, from a skip nade if you chuck it in after me, you know? Or like an arc bolt or a firebolt or something like that. Like don't just because someone's weak doesn't mean they're dead okay well since we're on the topic of pushing yep here's one that i've noticed and you may have noticed it when um we were playing together pushing with super what yes. the hell is when should you use it how do you push what are stupid things that you can get yourself into uh you know how do you push correctly how do you push in how do you not push incorrectly okay so um Immediately, the first map that comes to mind that like a lot of people struggle with is Wormhaven. So um, you know the the center room that you have where there's uh, power ammo and then you've got the the top bridge, and then there's that like um, that little dip underneath. Yeah. Okay. The so hallway. yeah, the little hallway. So what a lot of people, what I see a lot of people doing, especially with like spectral blades and um, sentinels and stuff like that, is they'll pop it on the bridge and then just like straight line, like beeline it to you. 
Now, whilst you're doing that, all four of us are standing there and we see you pop the Sentinel or the Spectral Blades in front of us. There's four people shooting at you. Your teammates are behind you because if they, if they push up behind you, we can shoot you as well as this, this um, Spectral Blades coming at us, you know? And it is very easy to shut down supers if you pop it out in the open right in front of me. Like, we can just keep shooting at you as a, as a team, you know, Come, coming back to the, to the team shotting. What you, should, what you should instead do is, you know, the, um, there's that giant-ass hole in the side of the wall up on that bridge. Uh, on both sides, yeah. On, on both sides, yeah. Jump, jump through that hole and pop, it right in, pop your Sentinel or your Spectre Bridge right in front of the enemy team instead of doing it on the other side of the bridge where your team is standing. Now, not only have you just been like, hey, surprise, I'm right here in front of you, they're going to panic. And if, and if you can get the enemy team to panic, they are going to be calling out wrong information because they're going to be, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. And they're going to be like uh, clogging up the comms. They're going to be, uh, there's going to be no structure at all because there's no, there's no uh, clean communication. So that all they're going to do is just scatter. Once they're scattered, you get, uh, you get map control. You get control of, of the middle area where power spawns and where the capstone spawns. You've done the hard job. You've taken, like the you've taken control of the map. From you've just, taken initiative. You've exactly. taken initiative. Yeah, exactly. And you didn't even get a kill. All you did was pop a super in front of someone. So, popping supers, especially in countdown, it is. Uh, so, in, if you if you're playing clash or control, you can really you can pop your super whenever. It doesn't really matter too much. Um, but in like survival and and countdown, there's certain times at which you want to pop a super. So. For instance, let's say you go into control, okay, uh, into countdown, sorry, and you win the first three rounds, okay. So you're up three, you're up three zero, and you have two supers. Don't use any supers. You're you're already up three zero. You don't need those supers. Your enemy team is going to get their supers very soon, very very soon, and they are going to be forced to use those supers to try and catch up in rounds. Let's say um, you know you you win three rounds, you lose a round, okay. Now your team has two supers, the enemy team has two supers. You're up three, you're up three one. You then go into the next round. They pop, they pop a super, they win the round. You're up three two. You have three supers, they have one super. You they pop another super, right? It's now three three. You now have four supers to their two. You have four supers to win the next three rounds. Because you force your enemy team to use their supers. Now, let's say you pop a blade barrage and you lose that round, but they popped a super to counter that blade barrage. Well, that's fine. So now they're up 4-3. You have three supers, they've got one. You now have three supers for the next three rounds. You already know that you can beat the enemy team using guns alone. You don't need supers to win it because you won three rounds in a row at the beginning of the game. You go into this next round. You pop two supers, for instance. Let's say you accidentally pop two supers, okay? You win that round. The enemy team will respond with their super in the middle of that round to, to try and shut yours down so that they can try and keep their lead. It's now 4-4. Four, four. You have one super. They have nothing, and you already know you can beat them without supers. You then go into the next round. You win that round without using your super. The person who popped their super first has now got, like, halfway to theirs. You still have one super up, and then you have two people that are, if they get a fuck ton of orbs for whatever reason, or if this goes to a 5-5 game, they're probably going to get their super for that last round. You go in, the person with the first super pops their super, generates two orbs. The person who used the super the first round 
you know, like the, the first of your supers, they get theirs back. You now have two supers in one round. You've won the game because all you did was force the enemy team to pop their supers before you. If you if you are up and and survival same as well, like I will tell people, just take the loss, just take just end the round, just lose the round. It's fine. Just force them because if they don't use their supers, they will lose the game. So if they go in, if we go into a game and it's five five, all right, and the enemy team has all their supers and you have one, what you could do to try and to try and win that round is. With that one super, if it's a shutdown, there's not much you can do other than like pray to God that you can get like two or three with that one super. Um, if it's a roaming, if you, if you mean like a Nova Bomb or Blade Barrage, yeah, like like a you press the buttons, the super happens. There's no you can't like walk around with the super. So if if you if you press the buttons and it's done, that's a shutdown. So like if it's like if it's like a lot of damage in a short amount of time, you know, like a like a like a quick damage burst. That's a shutdown. Um, if it's a roaming, it means that you have to chase the uh, you have to chase the enemy to try and get kills. That's a roaming super. So if you're a roaming super and there's five supers on the enemy team, if you pop yours, your job is not to get a single kill. You that is not your job. Your job is to try and waste as many supers on the enemy team as possible. If you can get all four of their supers after you, that's fucking brilliant because they're going to use four supers to kill you. And by the time they're done, they're not going to have any supers left. And you've left your teammates in a 3v4, which is the best odds that you could possibly ask for going into a 5-5 with them having four supers and you having one. Um, also, a lot of people I've noticed that if you, if you don't get a kill with your super, they call it a waste. That's not necessarily true. So let's say I'm, uh, I'm, a, I'm a Spectral Blades, okay? And we're on control. And there's four people in the in um, on B, for instance. Okay, now I push in with my super. If the entire enemy team dies and we are starting to cap B, but I didn't get a single a single kill, well, it doesn't matter because I my my teammates because I popped my super, they panicked and my teammates were able to capitalize on their panic and they got four kills for my one super. Yeah, we didn't generate any orbs, which is you know I mean that, that's kind of that sucks, but at the end of the day. You got a team wipe from popping that super, and that is more than you could possibly ask for. Like if you if you kill the entire enemy team, that's a fucking win. Doesn't matter whether or not you got a kill with that super or not. If you if you're a shutdown and you miss the super entirely, that's a waste. You know, like if you're a shutdown and you try and kill the enemy team and you miss entirely and you don't you don't get anything, that's a waste. But just because you don't get a kill with your super doesn't equal immediate weight. It doesn't mean bad, you know? Like, there's times where um, I'll pop my bottom tree slam and I will, like, run into their spawn and it'll force them to run out the other side where my team is standing waiting to shoot them. They have to choose between either facing me or my teammates. Either way, they're dead. Doesn't matter who they choose. So... The the there's there's no there's no like right or wrong time to pop your super. There's just there's just optimal times to do it. You know, like okay, well, um, um, here's well actually I have it written down here in the show notes. Which trees should people be using? For example, six shot versus three shot versus blade barrage for gunslinger. Okay. Um, or missile titan versus top or bottom trees. You know which which would work best, or which would you recommend? Is well, it personal preference or? What should they look out for? 
Right. So first things first, if if you aren't like, let's say if you if you're struggling to get to 2100, OK, and you have no experience in, in how to play competitive destiny, choose the weapons, guns and subclass that you are most comfortable using, like the ones that you have the most fun with. If you were going to go play quick play with your friends, use those guns, because if you are having fun playing destiny, you will be playing better than if you were like using weapons and, and, and armor and subclasses that you are not familiar with and you aren't having fun doing it. It'll, it'll just, it'll just magnify all the mistakes that you are making. Confidence is a big thing. And that's just something oh, yes. that I've, I've noticed while playing with you in particular, when we were playing that day and we did like 10 matches, the matches where we were in the lead and I felt, Oh, we've got these guys. I was just landing headshots with my sniper constantly yes. and as soon as we started getting matches where we were losing and it felt like oh crap we're screwed here i could not land a hit to save my life yeah confidence no, with, and without a doubt important. I, com I completely agree yeah and i mean in those matches where the enemy team is ahead of you until the game is done you can make a comeback always and if you have if you have teammates in your team that are talking negatively and they're like oh my god these guys are just they're so much better than me. They, they're going to win. We've lost this game. And there's still like five minutes left on the clock. Like, call them out. Tell them they're fucking idiots. Just play the game. You know? So you mean me? I mean, there, there was a couple times where I told you, no, shush, we're fine. And, I mean, you know, there was one or two. Like, for instance, um, the, the game where we played against those, uh, the, um, the, invis, the invis punter and the two running skip nades, we were down 3-1. And we came back and won the game. Uh, was that the first one or the second one? Because the second one just completely Completely. Yeah, the second one was the one where we both, where you were raging out, and I'm like, okay, that's it, I'm bad. Okay, so, yeah, no, was, no, no. So this, no, this the one morning. where you were listening. You weren't actually in the game. You were listening to us. It oh, was myself, okay. Sean, and... Baby Highland. Baby Highland and someone else. I can't remember who the other one was. But it was the game. It was the game where we were listening, and I, I was, I ended up bagging the enemy team at the end because they were just completely abusing the um the grenade thing, you know, where you could just like continuously throw uh skip nades and stuff. Yeah, so anyway, for, we ended up winning that for game. For the record, uh, we're recording this during the revelry event, yes. where you can uh you can pop the tonic, which increases your grenade. Uh, recharge speed and they were running shinobu's valve for double script grenade, skip grenades and uh skip grenade damage gives you back grenades so right yeah. now in the crucible they had infinite days. yeah right now in the crucible it's just infinite skip grenades yeah but i mean the the biggest reason that we won that game was because every single round that we lost no one no one called out salt no one said anything negative we kept the positive the entire way through we kept saying it's okay we can we can beat this team because we we could we could beat that team that team wasn't better than us we just hadn't figured out how to beat them yet and once we got to the three one stage where they needed one more round it just clicked and we just knew how to beat them and we just played and we just kept playing and we just kept winning and eventually we beat them from a three one comeback you know so like confidence and staying cool like like if you if you lose a game that's fine you lose you lose a fucking game so what you know like, I mean, many brag here, but I'm top 500 in the world for Countdown on my main account, you know? Like, I'm, I am one of the best Countdown players in the world, and I have an 80% win ratio. I fucking lose. One in, one in five teams beat me. That's, 
you know, like shit happens. You will lose game. You will miss a shot. You're a human. You're going to make mistakes. Shit happens. You know, like just because you rank number one in the world doesn't mean you are the best. It just means you played the most. And okay. if you if oh. you are if you're playing game, if you're playing comp and you are under the the expectation of I'm gonna go in, win fifty games straight, get my loon and finish. I can't even do that. You're a bit delusional. I, you're a bit yeah, like I I mean, I can't even do it. My highest my highest win streak in competitive is twenty four. That's it. Right. Like um, Shall we move on to our next topic? Yep. You're getting a little bit ranty here. Sorry. Yep. Next next topic it is. Uh when and how to peak. And this is something that uh friendly, one of our PvP guides, uh actually asked me to put on here and with the note that he notices in Crucible a lot, people peaking with almost no health. So why don't you give us a uh, a rundown on how to peak and you know, if you're low on health, what should you do instead of sticking your head out? So there is absolutely nothing wrong with disengaging a fight. It is 110,000% okay to run away from a fight. The, um, here, let me, let me ask you a question. How, how do you lose games? Uh, you die. You die. So how do you win games? You, the other guy dies. By not dying. If you die the least out of everyone, on, like if your team dies less than the enemy team, you win. Yes? In general, yeah. In general, yeah. So your, your priority in, in games when you go in is you don't need to go in and just drop 50 kills. What you should be focusing on is going in and dropping five deaths. If you can, um, if you can master like getting yourself out of tight situations, and staying alive, you're going to be more beneficial to your team than if you go 50 and 50. Like, if I go 25 and 5, my kills are worth five times more than your 50. Because you've given up because less you've given deaths. up less deaths. You've, gi you've given up 50 points for your 50 kills. Yes, you brought in 50 points for us, but I've given 25 points, and the enemy team only got five from me. Basically, the gist of it is when you're when you're scoping or you're peaking, if you're weak, don't peak because you're giving up. You're possibly giving up a death. Exactly. And and if you trade, you haven't won anything from that engagement. You just neutraled, you know, but if the both of you are weak and and this and this is only this is only if you are like, I am fucking positive i'm gonna hit this fucking shot like that man is fucking dead then you peek but you don't do it if you if you are one shot if you are in red health and they are like they've still got shields do not peek at all it is it's just not good for your team like everything in your mind when you're playing destiny you should be thinking will this benefit my team if it's not going to benefit your team don't do it if it's just going to benefit you as a player don't do it Everything you do should be for the betterment of your team. So if you if you go into a gunfight, all right, and the two of us we both hit each, we're both using lunas, okay, and I hit you twice, you hit me twice, and we we back out of cover because we're both weak. Because I know that I have a better hand cannon shot than you, I will immediately repeak and try and finish that fight, purely because I am just I'm banking on you missing a shot or me having faster reactions than you. However, See, and I I think that was Friendly's point is. 
this is kind of different for you because once again, you're one of the top 500 and this is for general, you know, everybody else for everybody who's trying to get up to 2100 and they don't have those skills in that situation. What do you think the average person should do? And so if, if you, if you haven't gotten to 2100 and you are, and you are in the situation and you were struggling to hit 2100, do not peek, put down a healing roof, put down a wall, shade step out the way, get out, leave that, leave that engagement. And call out to your team, hey, and this guy needs to go hey, on Hey, there's a side. fucking weak dude there. Exactly. Be like, hey, teammates, there's a weak guy there. Go finish my fight. Because he's going to be weak. Your teammate's going to be full health. You've gotten a kill. Like, I mean, I, might not come on, I might not come up on the leaderboard saying you got the kill, but you did most of the work, and your teammate got a point because of what you've done. Like, don't, don't play Destiny to see what your results are on the end of the leaderboard. That is, that is the, the, the leaderboard at the end of the game, like the, the, the post-match results, that doesn't, that doesn't fucking matter in the slightest. The only thing that matters in that is leaderboard that is the win or the loss. The win or the that's it. That is the only thing you should be consider, that you should be concerned about, is winning that game. If you go negative, but you slay the enemy team 125, you played fucking outstandingly well. If you drop like 25-0, and 0, but you lose, it doesn't matter what you did, you lost. Enemy team play better than you. So I think that covers the when and how to peak. Anything else you want to bring up? We've gone over all the topics in our show notes. Are there any other topics you want to bring up in particular? Um, so people uh, are asking me about uh, super mods. Like I've, I've actually been asked a couple times, um, like in in and around Discord. They're like, do do you need to run five super mods? And if so, is there a way that you can like kind of like counter five super mods? Um, at this moment in time, it's one of those things where you just kind of have to, you either run five super mods or you don't. And if you aren't running five super mods, it will, it will hinder you. You will be at a disadvantage. The only thing that I can think of that will allow you to get away with not using five super mods is if you were a Sentinel Titan running suppressors and you used instead, um, grenade mod cooldowns. That is like, the only thing I can think of, because you'll be able to just suppress whatever they, they you know they bring. Um, at 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 the at this the time of this recording, you you kind of have to use super mods if you want to get anywhere. If you aren't using super mods, you are putting yourself at an unnecessary disadvantage. Because I mean, super mods are just so easy to come by, and they're just the the benefits of having them is so vast that there's no point in not using them. You know, put put aside your pride. Just accept the fact that you have to do this. You have to have five super mods. It's just unfortunately how it is. And uh, Soren brought up earlier during the update that you were working on something, a guide series. Did you want to go into depth about that? Um. Yeah. We. Yeah. We can. So. Um. Uh. So doing doing Luna carries and and helps and stuff like that. Um. I've come across a lot of people that they don't understand um like hot zones on maps and like how to how to play maps correctly so um a hot zone is a, a, an area on the map that is that is very important that you want to control you want to have someone standing there or you want to prevent enemies from getting to that zone so for instance there are places, in, there are places that see a lot of combat because of their importance exactly yes like they're, they're high traffic areas you're going to see a lot of deaths around these places because they are so highly contested 
because they're so important. So in in Clash and Control, uh, well, let's do let's do Clash first since it's easier to explain over a, a microphone without like having visual aids. Um, well, I don't I don't think we need to go into actually what like the information just oh the no just yeah, just like a basic overall I'm just gonna yeah like just like this is okay. good this is bad type thing you know. Um, oh so, no, I meant like the this video series that you're working on. Oh, the video. Oh yeah, no, the video series that I'm working on will have um like I'm so I'm going to go through every single map that you will find in competitive. I'm not going to do um any of the breakthrough maps or anything like that because that isn't in competitive at this moment in time. It might come out later um because in in the future, but as of right now, I'm only going to be covering maps that are in the competitive playlist, and I'm going to be starting with the ones that I feel people struggle with the most and the game mode people struggle with the most is countdown because it's such a unique and different game mode to the other three because the other three have revives in them you know like you'll automatically be revived if you die whereas countdown is if you're dead you're dead the only way that you're going to come back is if someone comes over to your orb picks you up and then you can continue playing um so the first video that i'm working on is for vostog because vostog is such a one-sided map that the um the defending team is always at the at in advantage like if you if you spawn if you spawn at the top of the map you have map advantage so um a lot of teams struggle with what like planting the bomb first off and um then trying to like secure the bomb to make sure the enemy team doesn't just come in and defuse it so um the the idea of this of the series is to like show you angles that you can use to defend uh, the sites, what to do and what you can and shouldn't be doing um, when attacking one or the other site. Um, but most importantly, just how to win on those maps. Like, it'll, I'll give you um, the most common strategies that you will be playing against and, and strategies that you should be using. Um, so for attacking sites, for instance, if you're going to attack a site, I will show you what the most common defensive strategy is and how to defeat that strategy and then for uh when you are defending i will be showing you unique ways to defend that a lot of people aren't doing so they won't know how to defend you like how to defend uh, how to attack against you sorry um that's the that's like the idea of the series is to just try and educate the destiny community um on like how to play certain maps in the competitive playlist all right Sounds good, and um, I'm looking forward to it because I get to help you with that. Yay. Yay. By which I mean I get to be the punching bag that uh, you're going to be headshotting while recording your videos. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll pull in some other people as well, but yes, um, you will see, you'll see a couple cameos of uh, Mr. Gio here. Yeah, so if you see me getting shot, go ahead and laugh. <laughs> uh, I volunteered for it. I am putting my KD at risk. To help the community. Well, we're doing it in quick play, uh, in private matches, so it's okay. It doesn't count private matches. It does, doesn't count private matches. Not anymore. It used to, but not anymore. Okay, thank God. My yeah, so, yeah. 1.025 KD remains. It'll stay safe, yes. I, I won't be able to farm you to try and pad my stats. Thanks for joining me this week. Next time we do a PvP episode, I'll be sure to hit you up. And for the listeners, um, we plan to do something else. I was going to do interviews with Exile Clan this week, but we they couldn't make it for personal reasons. Uh, we are recording uh, the day before Easter, in fact. And actually, here in about five minutes, it will be Easter here in the U.S. Yep. So they couldn't make it. And uh, 
I swear we're not going to be a PvP only podcast. It's just that's how things happen to uh, happen to fall these ca- last couple of episodes. Um, thanks for joining me, Pine. Slash oh, thank you for having me. Yeah. Yep. Look forward to having you next episode. Sounds good.